the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. It's another cold, cold afternoon, but Paul is here to sort of heat things up. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is the Word to Stand On for Life. It's the date day edition of the program. Um, It's a program dedicated to taking your phone calls, answering Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life, or on Thursdays, anything Paula wants to talk about. All you have to do is provide the phone call, 340-9585. That's 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And as always, if you are in your car driving, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Thanks for being here. Okay. You're very welcome. We Since it's Thursday, I knew I had to be here. We got so cold. Oh, my gosh. We couldn't. I mean, I my teeth were chattering, and so I'm finally starting to warm up. Okay. And you got here and heated things up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Actually, I came in. I was like, okay, no whining, because you got a sign on the, on the wall right here that yeah. says $5 charge for whining. Pay up. Well... <laughs> okay. You know what? If I would actually been collecting, you'd have made five dollars for for whining for all the time that science been in there. Mm-hmm. Whoo, we could buy a big building. I know, but you probably would have had to give it right back out because you know you're the biggest whiner <laughs> in the winter that we have here at the church. So we probably would have broke even. But anyway, thank you for welcoming here, welcoming me here again. And you know, I try not to whine, but it is like really cold. I'm not comfortable with that, but anyway, I got my my thermal leggings on and my jeans, so I'm 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 okay right now. Oh, I thought you just gained weight since I saw you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so women's retreat. I'm gonna make sure to say it first off because last week you had to remind me. I was like, wow, okay, but women's retreat March ninth um, through the eleventh at Alto Frio, and every lady starting at senior and high school, is welcome to join us. It's pretty reasonably priced, and it's five meals, three days, well, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because we don't want to miss church on Sunday. What are the dates, Paula? Uh, I said that, the 9th to the oh. 11th of March. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then for other ladies, we just started on Monday nights in the Book of Ruth, which is one of my favorites. You know, Jesus, God's not really mentioned in the whole Bible and yet in the whole book, I should say, and yet he's there on every page. I mean, you just can't, you can't miss him. I mean, Boaz just represents our Lord so well um, in that Ruth is, is 
all over that. Um, it's just an amazing thing. Ruth and Naomi. Naomi hears. Oh, well, that's true. In in the that's Esther I'm talking about. Okay, yeah. in the book of Ruth, yeah, because she hears that the Lord is providing food for them. Okay, so I like Esther too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you read read so much, they all kind of blend together. So anyway, yeah, God's in the book all all the hey, way through. She's a foreigner who appears in the line, the lineage of Jesus. So amazing, no problem. Right? Yeah. yeah, what a great story. I know. So anyway, we just started, and Lauren uh, did the first study. And it was just, she did a wonderful job. She loves the history, so she set all the background up, and you know. And I was like, "Is she gonna get to the, to the verse?" Because she did a, a really good job setting up the, the history. There are some books that the introduction takes up the whole Bible study, mm-hmm. just because people have to know what was going on in the world mm-hmm. and 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 why the circumstances are the way they are. Mm-hmm. So uh, I appreciate that. I, I think that's. Really I good. did too, because that's not really a gifting that I have. History-wise, you know, because I think like I talk, like I count. One, two, seven, you know, <laughs> five, three, six, four, you know. Distracted at times. A, a little yeah. bit, just a little bit. I don't know if that's dyslexic or what, but anyway. And then uh, Pastor Ken, I don't know how many weeks he's in, but he just started not too long ago the book of Nehemiah. So on Monday nights, husbands and wives, their kids, I don't know where the, the youth pastors are. Um, but it's a family thing, and it's really kind of a, a cool night when we all are finished and everybody's out in the foyer just a chit-chatting and, you know, what would you learn, How you know, that kind of stuff. So uh, Monday night, 7 o'clock, you should be here. Okay, so now that all that stuff's out of the way, let's talk about the study last night, second chances. Mm. I like second chances. And, you know, because it was so crazy cold, uh, we probably were pretty sparse in our oh, attendance no. we, last night. We were probably. We were we were sparse. I, I greeted everybody said, oh, so now we know who the really tough Christians are. <laughs> but, but no, it was, I'm sure lots of people are watching online. But mm-hmm. uh, it was, it's really, it's a chapter that we kind of read past instead of reading through. And it's a little confusing chronologically because chapter 20 happened a year before chapter 19 happened and explains um, how uh, uh, Hezekiah was able to trust the Lord in the biggest trial of his life. And I think, Paula, for me, the best part of it is I I tell our church all the time that um, God will prepare us for every trial that is coming in our lives. He knows them all. Mm-hmm. And he'll prepare us for every single one of them if we'll let him do it. Yeah. And Hezekiah uh, got a little lax, a little full of himself. And and so God brought this trial on him. Um, but, but the reason he brought this trial on him was to prepare him for the really big trial, the Assyrian army. Um, that that we studied in chapter nineteen. So I I just loved uh, the the chapter and um, you know I don't know how many times I've read it. I've studied it a couple three times. I mean in terms of the, the doing the Bible study of the church, uh, but but this time his living and active word spoke more to my heart than at any other time. Really? Kind of different stuff and different thoughts. Mm-hmm. I I really enjoy doing it. Yeah, you could tell me, me and the four people that were here. <laughs> <laughs> there were a few more people than that, but you you started off by asking this question: um, What would you do if God gave you a new beginning starting today? Just wiped out, you know, all those things that messed up your life, and you got a new start. What would you do with that new start? You know, I think you mentioned if you had <clears throat> a bad marriage. You know, and the Lord has given you a second chance there. How would you handle yourself? Um, yeah, and it's very personal. How would you do it? Not how would your spouse do it? Mm-hmm. How would you handle mm-hmm. a second chance? You mm-hmm. know, uh, in in Hezekiah's case, uh, God said, "You're going to die. Get your get your get your affairs life in order." In order. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and um, uh, Hezekiah wept bitterly. Um, we know this was a test from God. God wasn't really going to have him die. But I uh, was preparing him for that greater trial down the road. And Hezekiah uh, really, really took to heart the things that God had said to him. You know, we, we've had some people that were healed, uh, uh, you know, 
nearly miraculously mm-hmm. of, of of really serious illnesses. And um, I'm always telling him, you know, you're accountable. Now, what are you going to do? That God gave you this second chance. What are you going to do? And, um, you know, we pray for finances when things are really tough. God, please help. Please help. Well, okay, if he helps you, if he answers that prayer, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Is your money his money or is it going to continue to be your money? Those kind of things. And those are the the kind of questions that I was hoping that the Holy Spirit would force each and every person here to answer yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, you were talking about uh, Hezekiah, you know, when he when the spies came and he had a whole bunch of personal pronouns because he said, I showed them everything in my palace. They saw all my treasures, you know. And a lot of times what happens when the Lord blesses us with something, um, we take personal you know, ownership of it instead of my very next breath, our very next breath, we don't get unless the Lord allows it, you know. And so, man, it was just a great reminder of don't get too full of yourself. Yeah, you know, Paul, nobody wants trials. No, no, I don't. And, and everybody likes comfort. Mm-hmm. But it's clear biblically, and I think it's clear in most of our life experiences that comfort is not good for us because it's in comfort that we let our guard down. It's comfort that we start thinking, oh, I got this. It's in times of comfort that we stop really seeking the Lord uh, and his will for our lives and just kind of just fly by the seat of our pants. And that's when we always get in trouble. So I think we need a new perspective on, on trials and comfort a little bit. Uh, I'm like anybody else. I want to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. But uh, I hope and I pray, and God only knows, but I hope and pray that in times of comfort, I'm just as earnest in seeking the presence of the Lord as I am in times of need. Hmm. That's what Paul said. He said, you know, he's learned the secret of being content. Uh, he said he's he's lived in times of plenty. He's lived in times of need. He's lived in times of physical beatings, uh, life-threatening experiences, and he's left, and he's lived in times of relative safety. Um, and basically he said, you know what? I think the secret of being content is Jesus in the middle of all those things. We say just be just with be Jesus, Jesus all the yeah. time yeah. on the show and in our church. And uh, I think he is alone the source of contentment. And I think I think comfort is an enemy of of zeal, of passion. Uh, I think comfort is an enemy of of um, really coming to the end of yourself every day. Mm-hmm. Jesus, what about me? And what about today? Mm-hmm. Comfort kind of stopped. It certainly did with Hezekiah. And you know, we read these Old Testament figures and say, "Well, he had this problem. This problem. he was a great king, better than any of the others." He did things that, that not any of the other kings did. So we're talking about a, a, a faith giant here, a hero of faith. And uh, the reality is that uh, even he was susceptible in times of comfort and security, thinking a little too highly of himself. Uh, and we need to be aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you did mention that, you know, when he got sick and... and um he was told that he was going to die. He wasn't going to recover. Um, you said the thing with getting sick is sometimes it makes us get serious about our walk with the Lord. You know, um, sometimes I, you know, I just feel like I'm going to live forever. I have pretty decent. I know I'm not going to live forever, but you know what I mean. Um, I have pretty decent health. I have pretty good energy. Um, but there's been some times when I've gotten sick, and I don't know, you know. Nothing so dire where I really thought I was going to die. But there have been those times when I was glad I was sick. We even sang a song last night that, and that's the that's still the area where the enemy messes with me. But yet when I am sick, it's I, I think I'm just kind of talking to myself, even though I'm talking out loud right now, <laughs> um, where. I was kind of forced to be still and and know. Yeah, being, being still is not one of your strong suits. Mm-mm. Yeah, so. Mm-mm. Yeah, but, yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking that's when I'm the closest to the Lord because 
I don't, I, I'm unable to run here and there. Mm-hmm. I'm unable to um, kind of be at everybody's, not everybody's, but several people's beck and call. I'm unable to go and do stuff. I just, there's no way. I just got to sit here and be still. Mm-hmm. And it's, then it's just me and Jesus. And, I mean, seriously, I'm just having a revelation right here. <laughs> 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 Thinking, hey, you know, that's not really the worst thing because... I, that's when Jesus yeah, even, and I are even really in those times close. that you're you're not feeling well or sick, um, um, you know you're you're like peppy and and yeah upbeat most of the time and you know wanting to take care of me just sit down relax mm-hmm. well, well no I'll just do this no I'll just do this <laughs> but but you know first thing we have to do when we get sick is say okay Lord is there something that you want to say to me while I'm quiet mm-hmm. because it's hard to be quiet in a busy world that we live in mm-hmm. I, i've been feeling kind of guilty this last week come you know just thinking about it because i would i'm dropping you off in the morning and i can't hardly wait to get back home and i'm not going anywhere <laughs> and i'm loving it usually i'm out running here and there but anyway so i think i, I just had a revelation like i said <laughs> with just me and jesus yeah. At the house, you know. An audience of two. Forget the thousands of people listening. Yeah, and I don't turn the TV on or, you know, I, I do listen to some worship music, but i just been kind of sitting and, and reading the Word and kind of getting to know Him a little bit better. So, anyway, where that went, uh, yeah, but kind of getting sick, you get a little more serious with the Lord, and you can hear His still, small voice talking to you like, Rejoice. Rejoice. I'll say it again. Rejoice. <laughs> you know? Um, now, if you can't tell, Paula Paula reads to me. And she's been reading Philippians. And she's re- been reading Second Kings. And now she's also reading Acts. Because those are the three mm-hmm. studies I'm doing every week. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, Paul is, is uh, one string guitar when it comes to rejoicing. <laughs> and he's in prison when he's writing the letters. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm having a good day, Pastor Ron. <laughs> You didn't know how good your day was. I didn't even was. know how good it was till right this minute. Yeah. So anyway, the the Lord will allow those things in our life because he already knows how we are, you know. But he lets us go through things so that we'll know, you know, how we are. Um, second chances, you say, are a sweet blessing to do things even better. And I was just... I'm having another revelation, Pastor Ron. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll just... Yeah, it's my show today, mute, right? Mute, mute my mic. You're okay. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, you know, growing up, I didn't have a very nice mom. And and so for a lot of years, I was just mad, you know. Why is she like this? And blah, blah, blah. And, and then you would say, you know, she's she's mentally ill, right? So just to kind of remind me. But I would just be mad. She can do something about it. You know, they got medication that can help. <laughs> and, and you, so, you used to get mad at me. Yes, like, I did. Come like, on, Paula, give her a break. She's not, well, yeah. she's not well mentally. Yeah, I'm so like, this, who are you married to, yeah, me or her? You know what I'm yeah. saying? You're supposed to be on my side. So anyway, um, uh, I would be thinking, man, why is she like and So I would just be mad. And so after a while, the Lord would say, you know what? She's not the enemy of your ministry she's object you know like you you say that all the time mm-hmm. so it started to sink in so i started praying you know and, and the lord just changes your heart and stuff and so i was i i went from being mad to sad for her you know because she was missing out on our kids you know um, and then now we have grandkids and she could have been a part of their lives but no she had to be like that no so anyway so i was mad mostly and then I got to the place of being sad, you know. And so when she died, um, it, before I would, when I was younger, I would play the hopscotch game. I, just for anybody out there who might be suffering with this kind of a thing, I would play hopscotch, you know, step on a crack, you break your mother's back. I used to, I used to do that. And now I'm an adult, and now I'm, I'm sad for her. And then when she died, and when she died the way she did, all alone and, and just in her home for probably three weeks, and nobody knew she was in there dead already. I got COVID for the second time right after that, and I was really glad because I was so sad, and I didn't want to bring that sadness here. But the sadness was kind of the Lord had 
changed my heart. It wasn't, oh, good, the wicked witch is dead. It wasn't that kind of attitude. And I was so thankful to the Lord that he had changed my heart because it was his heart. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the Lord gives us those kind of things to test our hearts. And my heart passed that test, Pastor Ron. <laughs> Right now, people say, why is she calling Pastor Ron? Aren't they married? <laughs> He's always my husband. He told me this yeah. many years ago. He is always my husband and always my pastor. Can't, can't stop being both. Yeah. I don't, get, I don't get special treatment. I mean, I get special treatment, but not when it comes to the Word of God and my behavior. It's like, uh, hello, mm-hmm. you know who you are, right? You know who you <laughs> represent, right? Not just me, Paula, but Jesus, so. You know, Paula, one of the things about second chances that I think we have to consider uh, with a story like Hezekiah and Second Kings 20 is that, that I, I say often what happens to Israel in the physical realm happens to us in the spiritual realm. Well, we have all, if you are a born-again Christian listening to this program, you have been given a second chance by the Lord. Um, what are you doing with that second chance? Uh, how different is your life? How different does it appear to others? Um, when you weren't kind, uh, now you now are you kind? Just just is the fruit of the spirit evident uh, in your life um, to others? Those are the kind of things that we have to think about. You know, what are we doing with our second chance? It's easy when when somebody gets healed miraculously. I talked about Jairus's daughter or Eutychus who mm-hmm. fell down yeah. dead and got raised to life. Mm-hmm. What what did they do with the second chances? Now we don't know because they're not historical figures. But but one that we do know about was Lazarus. And Lazarus became so effective in evangelizing mm-hmm. uh that the religious leaders were looking to kill not just Jews, disciples, apostles, they were looking to kill uh, um, Lazarus as well. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he had that second chance. Lazarus come forth and he comes hopping out of the tomb and, uh, and he had a whole new life to live. Well, that's exactly what happens to us in the spiritual realm um, once we're born again. And uh, it's, it's heartbreaking for me to experience so many Christians who aren't really taking advantage of that second chance. And to me, at least, that means they're taking that second chance for granted. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lord, thanks for what you've done. Thanks for taking me to heaven, but I got it from now kind of thing. And uh, I just think, Paula, that's a a really, really sad uh, commentary on on the value of these second chances and what we do with them. Yeah, I'm thinking of Legion as well. You know, oh. and he was faithful. I oh. mean, after the Lord healed him of all those demons, you know, every time Jesus was coming into town, Legion was really faithful to have a big crowd there. You got to hear this guy, you know, and he was a great witness because they, they really knew who he was before. And now, you know, they're like, if God can do something with him. He can do something with us. And, and my favorite thing about Legion, Paul, is that he, he was denied by the Lord what he wanted to do. He wanted to follow Jesus everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was so grateful. I'll follow you anywhere. I want to go with you. Let me take me with you. Take me with you. And, and Jesus told him, no, you stay here and tell people what God has done for you. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, instead of whining like a lot of us would and said, well, well, I wanted to serve there. I wanted to be with him. Why wouldn't he let me go? Yeah. Um, you know, he just used his second chance to tell everybody what God has done for him. And then, like you said, every time Jesus came back into the region of the Ten Cities, um, there were huge throngs of people there waiting for him. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can almost see Legion saying, see, I told you. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, he he really took advantage of of the second chance. And uh, we just don't do that. It's almost like we take our salvation for granted we take these second chances for granted, and and we live our lives like oh there'll always be another opportunity, mm-hmm. and and um, you know there 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 might be, 
But why do we want to waste any time? Yeah, I don't want to miss that first one. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, I said last night that God is a God of second chances, but he's a God of so many second chances that everybody listening to that study last night, they could say, okay, Lord, I want a new start tonight. Mm-hmm. I want a second chance right now. I blew it. I don't want to blow it anymore. And God would just gladly grant the, the answer to that prayer if yeah. we just listened to him. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking, because you said, live your life with urgency. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you want to point some out? Other than, you did it with, with, with Legion. He had to go tell everybody because that's what Jesus told him to do. But see, like Legion, we've all been told to do that. Mm-hmm. Go and make go. disciples. Tell yeah. everybody what God has done for us. Yeah. Uh, testimonies have great power. Yeah. And we don't do that because there's, there's worldly pressure. There's pressure at work. Um, you know, I, I use the, the the example of you know every workplace has an HR department, mm-hmm. and you know, the, no, you can't talk about Jesus, you can't bring a Bible, you can't. Well, of course we can. We got to do what God says. I did that on Sunday as well, mm-hmm. and um, um, you know, that demonstrates whether or not we're grateful, and we can rationalize it any way we want. Well, I need a job. God understands, mm-hmm. but we've got to do what God tells us to do. Take advantage of that second chance. I didn't realize we were this close to the end of the first half. <laughs> hey, we've got 30 minutes left in the show on the date day edition, 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR. We'll be back in two minutes. to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the second half of our date day show 340-9585 the floor is the, the phones have been quiet and paul is sitting here having revelations so yeah. you might want to tap in and get <laughs> take advantage of some of that Knowledge that God is giving us. <laughs> if you're outside the local San Antonio area, 877-630-KSLR is our toll-free number. Um, Paula, what's up? Well, before we go to my next uh, subject, mm-hmm. I was just thinking about, uh, you know, with our second chances, if we've not shared the gospel um, with our family. Um, you know, I know some... Families have grown kids living in their home, and yeah, they they know maybe about the gospel, um, but they're not experiencing it. And the 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 parent that has kids at home, who they've decided they don't want to come to church, even though they're living at your house, um, you got a second chance starting right today. Yeah, I have a question. That that exact question, I think, uh, for tomorrow's show that was sent in. Oh, really? Okay. Um, you know, well, they don't want to come anymore. My 16-year-old son, what should I do? Uh, he doesn't get a vote. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But, but see, there's a second chance. You, you, you can get a second chance at being a godly parent. Mm-hmm. You can get a second chance at being a godly employee. No more grumbling or complaining mm-hmm. or cutting corners. Mm-hmm. Just work, doing all things as unto the Lord. See, there, there's, there's an opportunity for a second chance in every facet of our lives if we will simply surrender to the Lord. And let me just say, Paula, since you brought it up, Sharing the gospel, telling people what Jesus has done for us, is not an option. It's not a suggestion. It's a command that we're being given. Mm -hmm. And the grateful heart, the truly grateful heart, if you want the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, the truly grateful heart has to share um, the good news of Jesus Christ, what he's done. And God will so honor that and so bless you. And and that always leads to more ministry opportunities. I was just thinking about our friend. He used to, he was an elder here, and I, I know I've mentioned this on this program a long time ago maybe, where once he got saved, he went back to his brother-in-law, who was a Christian, and said, why didn't you ever tell me? Mm-hmm. And it pierced his heart, you know. They would eat dinner together and play cards and, you know, have fun and stuff, but he never shared that you must be born again with him. And so Dan gets saved, 
on his own somewhere else and then comes back and says, you know, and praise God, everybody's still alive, but says, why didn't you share with me? I don't want that. Because it would have been so awkward. You wouldn't want it to hear. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. When I talked about living life with with a sense of urgency, Mm -hmm. um, we care more about our comfort and how other people respond to us or what they think of us than we do uh, about whether or not they might spend eternity in hell. Yeah. And it just, in, in these last days, it just cannot be that way. Any longer, we've got to get to the place where we understand that um, this is a requirement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had one lady who came here many years ago. This is not my church, <laughs> you know. Um, but her, her, she was raised Catholic. Her parents were Catholics. She couldn't say anything. She just, that's my mom. That's my, you know. And you're, I'm sure you're thinking about the relatives who have gone before you, who died Catholic. Mm-hmm. You know. And that's a hard thing to think. But for those who are alive right now, you can save them. Yeah, you know what's special about that? That's Gladys. God bless you, Gladys. Uh-huh. But but uh, her husband is an elder at a church that we planted. And she went back, and, and her parents got saved. Yes, they did. And so, so now that they're gone, mm-hmm. uh, her parents got saved. They're in heaven, they're in heaven. and she's going to have a reunion with yeah. them. That's yeah. the urgency I'm talking about. Yeah. I don't, it was. Let me see. Yesterday or the day before yesterday, you had a question about conflict in marriage. So I'm not bringing a thing about conflict in marriage, but just handling conflict in in whatever. And I don't know where I got this list from, Pastor Ron, <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Ron, honey. Um, but there's a whole bunch of do's. I have the do side that I'm going to talk about. I really think I got it at one of my first um, Calvary Chapel Pastors Wives Conference many years ago. And, you know, they have those breakout sessions. And I I almost always choose the marriage one because I I still, you know, we want to be, I want to improve in my my wifeliness. And then... um, then That's That's like asking Picasso to paint better. Oh, dear. Thank you so much for that great compliment. (laughs) (laughs) Just to make sure the Lord's getting the glory in all of this. So anyway, first one, it says, do pray fervently as soon as conflict arises. And here's a little, I don't know what you would call this little saying, sprint to the spirit. So sprint to the spirit when conflict first arises. Second one, do search Pray for and display the wisdom from above. And that's James 1, 5, and 6. Yes. Let, me, let me go back to the first one for a second. Okay. Because I, I think rather than sprint to the spirit, I think what we need to do is sprint away from the flesh. Yes. Because flesh is a source of conflict. Yeah. Yeah. And and when you're sprinting away from the flesh, you're going to run to the spirit. Mm-hmm. But I think first we got to recognize that, you know, what I'm feeling, I'm getting frustrated, I'm angry, I'm impatient. Mm-hmm. That's just all flesh. Mm-hmm. And and um, I, that just dawned on me. Good. Third, do be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Colossians 3.13. Do be more concerned about your attitude and behavior than about the issue of conflict. And I would add to that, be more concerned about your attitude and behavior than the person who you're having a conflict with, their attitude and behavior. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Do pray for a desire to reconcile and repair a relationship gone bad. Um, You know, you talked about our friend, brother, son, Louis. (laughs) <laughs> you want to tell it? Go ahead. Well, Louis is, he, and we're, we're going to be ordaining Louis uh, sometime, I think, in March. Yeah. And um, he's just one of the most agreeable people ever. I love him so much. Yeah, I mean, everybody does. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it, if 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 you got a problem with, with the soon-to-be Pastor Louis, uh-huh. then there's something seriously wrong with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Because he's just an agreeable guy, full of joy, full of the spirit, uh-huh. fun, mm-hmm. and um, 
um, his his wife, um, who works for me, uh, uh, you know, she can be, well, a little more headstrong mm. than Louis. Mm. And he says, well, if we're if we're in an argument, I just say, look, we've been best friends for all these years. Mm-hmm. We're going to be best friends again in twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. So can we just go from here right to there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and what a great outlook on things. Yeah. Remember that you're in, in a marriage. That you're, you know, you're arguing with your best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you have a, 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 a conflict with somebody that you've been serving the Lord with on Friday night, I'm, I'm teaching about Yodi and Sintuki uh, in the church at Philippi. And these were two women who had served faithfully with the Apostle Paul, um, but they couldn't get along with each other. They couldn't stand one another. And Paul is saying to the church, he's saying, Help these women get along. I don't think anybody really understands the pain that causes a pastor in in this particular case. Um, so what we got to do is we got to reconcile. We, we've been given a ministry of reconciliation, and we have to accept the personal responsibility to do that. And our pride just won't let us do that. We've got to be right. No, I'm right on this one. We and and you're never right if your heart is causing conflict. Yeah. Yep. Even if you're right on the issue. Even if you're, you're wrong on the issue, you can, right. you can say, okay, you're wrong on this issue in your head. The Lord will make it clear to you. That's what Paul said. <laughs> That's what Paul said, yeah. So, do act your maturity level. Don't stoop lower in behavior than your enemy. It's the story of the, the six-year-old who was throwing a tantrum. <laughs> and his parents were saying, Young man, you've got to act your age like we are sometimes when it comes to these things. Yeah. And and what we're going to remember is, um, you know, remember who we say we are and act like that and don't make provision for the flesh. Yeah. Okay. Do humble yourself always when you are wrong. It goes a long way. I'm sorry are the two greatest words in the English language. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I mean, you can mm-hmm. it just, it, it goes a long way yeah. to solving conflict. It does. Do check your attitude immediately when conflict arises. Say to self, no pride, the cross is beside me. Man, that's a tough one because mm-hmm. our pride is what, gets us to that place, like you're saying, pride, flesh. Um, the cross is beside me. Pastor Matt, when we were on vacation, you know, he's, he was saying, you think you have it hard, <laughs> you know. He says, look to the cross and, and see Jesus. He had it difficult. We don't have it difficult. And so um, check your attitude. You know, Paula, the beauty of our Just Be With Jesus theme here mm-hmm. at Calvary Chapel of mm-hmm. San Antonio is that if you're hanging with Jesus, he's going to take you by the location of that cross very often. Mm-hmm. Very often. Mm-hmm. He's going to take you some really neat places. Yeah. But he's going to take you by that cross because we need to be reminded to pick up our cross every day. Yeah. Yeah. Do be ready to offer forgiveness quickly to the offender and ask forgiveness as soon as you need to. You know, don't put it off. You know, you know waiting until there's a right moment or, you know, maybe it's gotten to that place where three days later and we kind of forget about it and you just move on. No, no, no. Ask for forgiveness as yeah. soon as you need to. Yeah. I know what I said. I know what I, yeah. yeah. Every every delay, every time we procrastinate doing what we know we need to do regarding a conflict always, always, always results in the conflict getting worse. Not better. Never better. Always worse. Yeah. Do use soft words. Proverbs 51. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And you can be direct and soft. Yeah. At the same time. You can be kind and direct Mm -hmm. at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, you should never raise your voice. You shouldn't think the worst possible thing of someone. Do the best you can to remember who you are in Christ. Yeah. Do 1 Peter 3, 8. Finally, 
All of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers, be tender-hearted, and be courteous. You know, you just those, these are commands. They're not suggestions either. And so when we're not of one mind, when we don't have compassion, when we don't love, we're not tender-hearted, and we're not courteous, we are just right in our flesh, playing right into the devil's hands. Flesh destroys things. Flesh smells really, really bad. And when it springs up, we know how that feels. And that's when we've got to put a stake through the heart of our flesh instantly Mm -hmm. or we're going to find ourselves in that position. Mm -hmm. Do Proverbs, I'm almost finished. Do Proverbs 21, 23. Whomever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. You know, the enemy brings the ugly thoughts. Um, and the things that come out of our mouth we know are really in our heart. But if you can, like you said one time, Lord, I, when you cursed at Bible college, <laughs> he let you know that that stuff was still in your heart. But I loved your prayer. Lord, you've made me aware of that. It's still there. Please, I, I want you to clean my heart and don't let anything like that ever come out of my mouth. Again, I've used that prayer several times in my life as well. I tell you, I've been watching you, Pastor. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, that day the, the Lord showed me a picture, and, and that picture was whoever it was I was talking to that would get that foul word, Jesus was standing between us. And before that ugly word got to my audience, it, it, it went through Jesus. And it broke my heart. And I, I just remembered that, and... Uh, I've shared this on this program before, but I've I've cussed one time. Uh, before I got saved, that's all I did. I was lying and I was cussing. Um, but but in in my now almost thirty two years, thirty two years this month, it's our oh yes, it's our, our birthday, monthly birthday. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, in my thirty two years as a Christian, uh, I've cussed one time. And, you know, people say, well, it's a bad habit. Well, no, if you, if you think that ugliness, that filth is, is, is defiling Jesus before it gets to the people you're talking to, uh, that'll change you. Yeah. And I wanted to be sure, Lord, I don't want that stuff in my heart, but it's still there, obviously. So sort of catch it before it gets to my brain. And if it does get to my brain, catch it, please, before it comes out of my <laughs> mouth so I don't embarrass me and I don't embarrass you. Mm-hmm. That's the... The key. I don't want to bring shame to the name of Jesus. And you know, as a Christian, especially when people know we're believers, all we have to do is mess up one time. And it's like, I knew you were the same. I knew you hadn't changed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And our witness can be completely damaged as a result. Yeah. The fear of the Lord. I just, oof, that that scares me. You know, because we live in this world and the phrases are out there and people just talk. Like every other word, it, it's just horrible, and I don't want to slip either. You know, a lot of those, a lot of those people, Paula, are Christians, thinking, "Well, it's no big it's, deal. Words don't matter. Yeah. Well, just words." words. Yeah, when, yeah, when when you read the Bible and uh, take it to heart, and remember, as a Christian, you're supposed to have the Holy Spirit living mm-hmm. in you. Um, that has to have an impact. Has yeah. to Ephesians four says, "Let no unwholesome talk come from your mouth." That's serious. No coarse jesting. Yeah. No ugliness. Mm-hmm. Why Why do we want to use our mouths the way we did before we met Jesus? Why do we want to use our mouths the same way? I think James, the Lord's half-brother, had something to say about that. Brothers, out of the same mouth comes oh, yeah. blessings and cursing. Mm-hmm. And you can almost hear his frustration. This should not be. And and that's what we really need to remember, that, that we're representing Jesus uh, every single day that we're alive. Okay, so the next one. Oh, wait a minute here. Okay. Oh. Uh, I want to try. Our studio phone system has gone down. Okay, well, that's why we're not getting any calls. The engineers are working on uh-huh. it. So we are really sorry. Lucy texted something. I want to say that when God gives us second chances, the great thing about it is that he forgets all about what we have confessed and asked forgiveness for. Oh, see... I love her so much. I, I, we were texting before I came over here. And I, that first thing, that's why I lead out with Lucy, I love you. Yes. And when I, when Lucy and I first met, you know, our eyes connected. I was inside the church and she was outside. 
had never met before, and it was just like the Lord said, there she is. And so we, we got to meet, and then the first time she ever came to our house for the prayer breakfast, it was like the Lord saying, when Lucy talks, listen. <laughs> okay, she's, she's my twin, but she's the brain. I, I remember you sent me a picture of her sitting in my chair. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, that's my chair. <laughs> and then I had to remember the cross thing that you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Deny but, yourself. But, but but you know, everybody you meet when you're when you're wrapping Jesus, everybody you meet could be your next lifelong friend. And and Lucy's been in our lives how long? Lucy and Aaron. Twenty years now. Huh? Yeah, oh, two thousand one. I think. Yeah, and, and we have been through so much together. Yeah. And I, I can honestly say that uh, Lucy and Aaron are, are repping Jesus um, as faithfully more so than ever before because God brought him through all of those things. Mm-hmm. Good word, Lucy. Thanks very much. Thank you for making sure we got that today. What a sweetheart. Okay, so do Galatians 5.16. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's what you've already said several times. Yeah, but that's that's important because mm-hmm. we think when we're being tempted that we we can't do anything about it, and uh, the reality is is the temptation need not overcome you. Uh, just just walk in the spirit, mm-hmm. and and he will preclude any possibility of you satisfying the flesh. The problem, Paul, if we're honest, is that 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 satisfying the lust of the flesh feels really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, for a minute, then we're embarrassed <laughs> mm-hmm. and ashamed, mm-hmm. but it feels really good. It's yeah. very satisfying. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like eating, um, you know, we watch the show man versus food. Oh goodness. And they're always eating. It's good food. Yeah. But at the end of it, it's got <laughs> a contest to eat either the hottest food in the world or, or the most food the in the world. The most ever. And, and you just think, well, you know, that, that's, that's a, an example of, of our flesh. We take something that's good and then we, we just gourd out on it. Yeah. And, um, and that's, of course, when we find ourselves in trouble. We're inside about four minutes now, Paul. So. Okay. I got two, three, two more. Do Proverbs twelve eighteen? Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. I remember praying this uh, many years ago. Lord, I want my tongue to be one that brings healing, not tears people down. Please help me to be wise, Lord, not reckless. Yeah. So, yeah. We want to... In order for that to happen, we have to think. You have to think. Before we speak. Yeah. Okay, last one. Do try and receive rebuke and criticism with grace and humility. Don't be defensive, but take the rebuke to the Lord and have him confirm or deny it. Psalm 141.5 says this, Let a righteous man strike me. It is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. It is oil on my head. My head will not refuse it. And I think you do that in our home better than than I do for sure. Um, you say, you'll say, okay, can we, we need to talk about this. You know, and, and um, I try not to get defensive because, you know, I hate to mess up. And, <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I, I'm learning how to do that better too, I, but yeah, you do that really well. You know, like I, one of the one of the things is in home conflicts in marriages, especially, um, we can't just let them go on. And sometimes it's tempting just to let the anger pass or the situation pass, and and oh, in a few days everything went back to normal. We can't do that as Christians because we're compromising our witness. And even if individually we're, we're still sharing, we're still doing all the right things. There's really no power mm-hmm. to our testimony or our witnessing because our heart's not right with God. You know, you can't treat your spouse one way and treat other people the other way, expect that God's going to bless the work of your ministry. It's just not going to happen. Things need to be resolved. And um, um, conflict that goes unresolved is, is um, like uh, uh, the old toy of the Super Bowl. You know, you take a little round ball and bounce it. It's funny. You can play with it. But a Super Bowl, you drop it and it just bounces crazy everywhere you go. Well, that's what the devil does with unresolved conflict. 
Um, he'll file it away for a few days, maybe a couple of weeks, and then it comes bouncing back in crazy ways, and you've got to resolve the conflict. And that requires a husband and a wife to talk. It requires um, them to be in the Word together. And typically, at least in our case, uh, that's when those conversations happen. Mm -hmm. We've been in the Word together, we pray together, and then we sit down, okay, let's talk about this. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just the, 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 the most certain way to get past something and leave it in the past once and for all so there's not any chewing on it you know and getting angrier by the minute later in the day um, God wants us to resolve those things well Paula we're inside one minute you want to say anything else before we go thank you for your help ladies retreat ladies retreat yep March 9th through the 11th so um, ladies Seniors in high school to seniors not in high school. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Day Day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.